Amen. This is a Bible. Bestseller, translated into over 700 languages. You probably have one, right? If you don't have one, we can get you one. But if you're like most people who have a Bible, you might not read it regularly, right? And why would you? I mean, the Bible is centuries old. It has things in it that are very difficult to understand. There's some challenging teachings, and there is also some very weird stuff in the Bible. And after all, at the end of the day, isn't it simply just an old book? Well, maybe. But when you add the Spirit of God and the community of God's people, this book ceases to simply be a collection of Middle Eastern literature and becomes a life-transforming, messing-up-your-life Word of God. You should try it sometime. In fact, let's try it now. No clever story. No funny joke. Just spirit-filled, read by billions, prayed over for centuries, seriously weighty with wisdom, holy scripture. One of the great human authors of the scripture, inspired by God, was the Apostle Paul. Read a little Paul, and you will feel the punch and the power and the providential impact. Wake up! We are going to get into the Word. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, let's read it together. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 13. For in the Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. St. Paul is writing to a church that is experiencing a number of troubles. He's writing to the Corinthians, who lived, take a wild guess, in Corneth, Greece. And Paul's pronouncement at the very beginning of the letter and throughout that in Christ, the hard social divisions between Jews and Greeks, slave and free, are relativized was not PC. Paul's pronouncement in this letter that the hard social divisions between Jews and Greeks and slave and free were relativized was not PC. It was not politically correct in the first century. If you were a Jew, you didn't hang out with Greeks. If you were a Greek, you didn't hang out with Jews. You didn't hang out with one another. You kept to your lane. And if you enjoyed citizenship in the Roman Empire, well, you enjoyed the benefits. You did not relate to slaves except as contracted help. Never as equals. 
And yet these two little verses, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, by the boiling, burning power of the Spirit, messed up the social relations, the ordinary social relations for the Corinthians, and over the centuries for millions of other people. Baptism in the early church was not just some sort of quaint little ceremony that welcomed people into the institution of the church. Hardly. It was an initiation into the body of Christ. It was a ragtag group of people, Jews and Greeks, younger and older, slave and free, women and men, scattered all across the Middle East and parts of the Mediterranean world. And they were fused together by the power of the Spirit to live a different kind of life. A life of service. A life of love. A life of forgiveness. Baptism in the early church meant no more Lone Ranger lifestyle. Baptism in the early church meant life together. Baptism in the early church, Christian commitment, meant life together. Baptism meant life together. Dr. Melanie Howard, who's a scholar of the New Testament, gives us some insights into what Paul is talking about. Listen carefully. Look up and listen carefully. Stick with the word. The bulk of this passage is devoted to Paul's development of a body metaphor to illustrate the proper relationship among the members of the Corinthian congregation. And despite Paul's use of metaphorical language, Paul's meaning is clear. All members of the Corinthian congregation are equally necessary for the full flourishing of the body. End of quote. So baptized life, Christian life, life following Jesus is life together and is therefore body life. And each member contributes to the flourishing of the whole. There are no expendables in the body of Christ. Sorry, Sylvester Stallone. It's a little movie reference there that only a few of you will catch. But speaking of movie references in Stallone, how many of you could use some inspiration for your life right now? Raise your hand. Watch Rocky again in a place where he runs up the steps. You can hear the music. Great scene. There we go. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. Let's read that together. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Life together, life as a family of disciples, means suffering with those who suffer among us. It means rejoicing with those among us who are rejoicing. Did you know that in the early church, in the time of St. Paul, outsiders to Christianity would often say something like this, Wow! Look at how they love one another. The way that Christians cared for each other, the way that they lived life together, was very attractive to outsiders. And it drew many people to faith in Christ, to baptism, to holy communion, to life together, to body life, or to say it differently, discipleship life. But 
at other times in history, Christians miserably failed to love one another and to live that different life together. And they miserably failed to love people not like themselves. And this pushed and propelled people away from the faith. Some years ago, a pastor took on a little church in a little Oklahoma town. And for the first few days that he arrived to this town, the pastor visited people on the membership roll, encouraging them to join him for his first services that Sunday. Well, the Sunday rolled around and basically nobody showed up, just one or two people. After all the promotion, all the announcements, all his visiting, just one or two people. Basically nobody showed up. And so the pastor put in the newspapers, all the local newspapers in the area, he put a notice. He said, because the church was basically dead, it was the community's responsibility to give it a decent burial. And the burial would take place the next Sunday afternoon. Well, people were kind of morbidly curious about this. A large crowd turned out for the funeral. And when they came into the little church, they saw in front of the pulpit was a coffin. And it was smeared with flowers. And after the preacher gave the eulogy, he opened the coffin and invited the mourners, so-called, to come forward and pay their respects to their dead church. Well, again, people were kind of curious, like, what, what would be in there to represent the corpse of a dead church? So they all lined up, and by one by one, they came forward and they peeked into the coffin. And then most of them very quickly looked away. Some looked a little sheepish, some looked guilty. In the coffin, positioned at the correct angle, was a large mirror. Was a large mirror. Now this is a church, and it's not like that one in the sense that there is life, there are things happening here, there are good things going on. But the point of that story, and the point of the First Corinthians passage, is that, yes, this is a church. And if you think a church is just a nonprofit organization, or a company with charitable causes, or a group that just gets people together to do some nice things and sing songs, if you think that's all a church is, you are missing the point. You are missing the heart of the matter. This is a local family of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is worldwide, every tribe, tongue, language, and people, every sort of age, every sort of situation. It is the body of Christ that goes back centuries. It is the body of Christ that goes to the future well after you and I have died. It is the body of Christ that is full of the mystical presence and power of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. That's what this local church is a part of, the body of Christ. And you and I are individually members of it. So when you ever find yourself just going, oh, this is just church. This is just a little nonprofit organization. Wake up. Look in the mirror. Look in the Word. This is the body of Christ. God has called you and I to this. And God has fused us together as a local family of the body of Christ 
to live a different kind of life together. And before any other allegiance, any other allegiance, political, doesn't matter what party, social, whatever your situation is, familial, whatever your family situation is, we are invited to be members of the body first. So drop the Lone Ranger lifestyle. And with God's help, live more fully the life together lifestyle. And as you do that, not only will you be blessed, you sitting there right now, but more people will be blessed because of you. Life together. Amen.